know, there is a famous expression, to me, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. They just, a few years ago, they made a survey in Israel on certain things that people believe that this is not going to happen to them. 40% of the Israelis believe that drowning will never happen to them. To get to drown, it will, that will be to, to be drowned in, you know, Israel is, a, is a, everybody goes to the beaches constantly. Then it's a very common question. It's on everybody's mind. And you know, kids were drowning in the last yeah, few yeah. summers because yeah. of the mothers, were, the parents were on the cell phone and so on. 40% of the Israelis says, this is not going to happen to me. When it comes to car accident, the car accident, everybody reads in the news, and car accident, you it's, you could say, cannot say, it's not controlling. I cannot control it. Not, I'm not the only one who can control it. There is another person. Then there the numbers are going down. Only 30% say, it's not going to happen to me. Burglar, somebody breaking into your house and stealing. Thieves. Well, this is very common in Israel. Because of the, yeah. mainly the Arabs and the Palestinians and all who come, the Bedouins, they come and they, it's, it's a disaster. Only 21% say, to me, it's not going to happen. I'm not worried about it. This is something that I'm not telling you now. It wouldn't be the same numbers today. That was in 2017, the survey. 64% say, I'm not worried about hackers and hacking into their computer. Today, 64% would not say it. Right. And there's chances for their pictures, intimate pictures and, and real, real, what it's called, you know, like little movies, little, little videos. Yeah. For their personal videos should be, should be, should be leaking to the internet. They said the chances for this is like 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 a like like dying in a car on a car on a plane crash. Zero. Well, it is zero if you don't record any of them. I know. You're right. On the other end, people believe there is thirty-five percent people believe that something that they they will they will happen to them. They yeah. will win the lottery. 35% believe that they will win the lottery. Goes to show even Jews are stupid. <laughs> it's like a lot of, oh, they make you can say that they're optimistic. That's how you look at it. Psychologists explain that the, the attitude, to me, it's not going to happen. It comes from one of the basic needs of a human being to control his life. And he cannot have this unknown in his life getting bigger and larger. And therefore, because he wants to feel that he controls his life, that he's using some psychological tools, then, then, then they destroy, not destroy, they're, they're twisting reality just for the sake to feel, to, to feel good about your life, to move on with life. Mm -hmm. Because I feel I know what I'm doing, and I will make sure that this is not going to happen to me. This is, I know what could happen to me, what cannot happen to me. I take care of business. It's not going to happen. Even though in life so many times things happen that you think you think never happened to you, we are always surprised again. Like, oh, I can't believe such a thing happened. 
I can't, why can't Bolivia tap us to him and to him? To me? You know, I think in the Jewish people, it's even more complicated because many people believe because he's a good person then God will protect him from certain things because he's doing the right thing in life and so on and on. But it's very interesting, this attitude. In our parsha this week, we read this week two parshas, Acharei and Gdoshim. Acharei, in the parshat Acharei speaks about, Acharei means after, after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they entered the Holy of Holies without permission and they died. And what the Torah is speaking about, God says to Moses, tell Aaron, after he went in without, after they went in without permission, he tells Aaron, when can you enter the Holy of Holies? Only once a year, a Yom Kippur, only the high priest, and with a certain way, the holiest man and the holiest day of the, in the Jewish calendar and the holiest place in the world. And the holy temple in the holiest of holiest is the, the room within the holy temp, the temple mount or the Ark of the Covenant is, right? The Torah gives also orders, what kind of clothing you should wear. Only linen clothing, just like a person before, before, before he dies, and really it's also like, like almost like a, it's pure like an angel. And before he enters the holy of holy, he has, he has to, he has to toil in the mikveh. He has to immerse himself in the mikveh, and he has to do it on Yom Kippur on the holiest day. He has to do it five times. Between every time he walks in and walks out, he changes clothing. Every time he has to, he has to immerse in the mikveh. Then it's written, we're writing up, we're reading, we're reading about the scapegoat. You know, the famous line, the scapegoat, it's because in the temple in Jerusalem on Yom Kippur, he used to take two gods. One was to be sacrificed and the other one was the scapegoat to, forgive, for, to atone for all the sins of the Jewish people. From there comes the expression scapegoat. And when he enters the Holy of Holy, he says to come in with a, with a, with a spoon full of uh, incense, it's, and nobody's, it's a whole thing to do. Then the Torah speaks about what we have to do on Yom Kippur. Yep. It's written in the Torah, every Jew has to afflict himself on Yom Kippur. How you afflict yourself on Yom Kippur? People can say, oh, you know, affliction by me is when I invite my in-laws to my house. <laughs> Some affliction. But and, it's, uh, it's, fa it's fasting and it's- Oh, it's fasting, water. not eating, not eating. Not anointing yourself, basically not showering, not having relations, and not wearing leather shoes. Five things. Mm -hmm. And then we believe that the God says God will give us, the Torah says God will forgive us for all our and give us a good day. And then from this point, that's the first part of the Parshat Achari. Then it moves on to you're not allowed to eat blood. Oh, who is eating blood? Who in his right mind is eating blood from my animal? Well, then it gets worse. The Torah says you should not do the you shouldn't do the behavior of the people of Egypt. Don't behave like the people, the Egyptians, ancient Egyptians, and you shouldn't behave like the ancient Canaanites. Ay, 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 ay. The Torah doesn't leave it for your imagination to think what they were doing. You're not allowed to marry your daughter. You're not allowed to marry your mother. You're not allowed to marry your sister. Your granddaughter. Torah goes in very big details. And you think yourself about the contrast. 
No, you're not off to marry your daughter. Who you have to tell this? When I tell people that by Jewish law, you can make, you're allowed to marry a first cousin. Everybody says, eh, first cousin. When I tell people, you know, by Jewish law, our uncle is allowed to marry his niece. I'm careful to who I'm saying it because I know I can turn off somebody who'll never come back. Jewish law said it's a mitzvah for our uncle to marry his niece. It's a mitzvah. You take somebody from your family. Yeah. I can see it's permissible, but it's an act of good. It's an act of good. For example, sometimes the niece cannot find anybody else. You are redeeming him. That's one way to put it. The point is, and everybody's like, oh, it's so appalled. How dare you even say it? I can't believe Judaism says it's allowed. It's so, it's disgusting. Everybody screams at me. And here the Torah says, do not marry your daughter. Do not marry. What is this? And the question is, with Yom Kippur, you couldn't, the Torah couldn't find a better place to put it. We just talked about the most holiest day of the year and you're fasting like angels and God will forgive you and you're so holy, so pure. Find another place, push it off another two chapters. Write something nicer, something more spiritual. Give us, why the contrast? Why the, why the contrast? Give us something, give us a ladder to step down, one, one, down, one step down. And the question is even bigger. In the temple, on Yom Kippur, you know, every holiday, usually every Shabbat we read a part for the Bible, the parish, right? We go by order, we start in the beginning and every week we read another piece. We continue. It comes a holiday, we read, we read about the holiday. For example, Shavuos is coming up at the end of May. I think 26th of May is a Shavuos. We're going to read on the 26th of May about the giving of the Torah because Shavuos is about the giving of the Torah. We're celebrating the giving of the Torah. We'll read it from the Torah. We'll read the story. And we'll read the Ten Commandments. We just celebrated Passover. We read about Exodus from the Bible. We opened the Bible, read about Exodus. Yom Kippur, you read about the story of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur morning, we read the first part of Parsha Sahari. This week's Parsha. Oh, what the coin God was supposed to do with the scapegoat, with the incense, with the, with the fasting, the whole thing. Then, you know, in Amkip, then, then, then goes most of service. Then we have a break, a long break. Then we come back to synagogue to read to Daven Minche and Neila. Before Minche, the beginning of Minche service is it a Torah reading. What are you going to read on Minche from Yom Kippur? Guess what? The continuation. You shouldn't do what the Egyptians are doing. You shouldn't do what. You're talking to a Jew who is now standing with his talus. He's fasting. He's already barely alive. He feels so spiritual, so holy. After he prepared himself on Rosh Hashanah and he gave charity and he did all the right things. And Yom Kippur, he went a whole day in shul in his davening and davening and davening. That's what you tell him. Don't marry your daughter. That's what you have to be worried about. Don't marry your mother. What's going on? Couldn't find anything more inspirational to read on Yom Kippur. <laughs> the the Torah of Yom Kippur is about Jonah, about how Jonah was doing chuva. An amazing inspirational story. The Torah of Mincha. The Torah of the morning Yom Kippur is about taking care of the poor and dressing them. Beautiful. 
the reading of the Torah of the Mincha of Yom Kippur is like, hey, what is this all about? And the Rebbe said something very interesting. Acharei, Acharei means after. You know, Yom Kippur, you're coming to the climax of, of Naile, you're before the climax. You are on top of the of the of, of the of the hill. Mm-hmm. God wants tells you what is going to be the day after. Now I know you're very high, you're very spiritual, you're flying in the in the sky, you feel like your your God is almost tangible in your hands. You feel the Shekhinah is hugging you. What will be the day after? How, how this day is going to look like? Mm-hmm. The Torah wants to ground us. The Torah said, after every, whatever event it is, you have to ask yourself, what, what means to ask yourself what the day after? How am I going to take this inspiration and, and, and really practice it and really apply it to daily life? Mm-hmm. I have to take upon myself, you know, from tomorrow, I'll do one good thing better. I'm so spiritual, I'm so in love, I'm so this. What are you going to do tomorrow with a couple, the husband promised his wife, the world, I love you. She tells him, take out the garbage. You understand? Right. That, that's what the second part of the, of the Torah reading is. God says, yeah, I know you're very spiritual. You love me. I know all of this. But Bochel, the next day, don't be like the Canaanites. Don't be, I know today you're not. And then, and that's what it's all about. Then what does this mean? The Torah teaches us don't say to me it's not going to happen. No such thing. And the message to us is whenever we have an inspiration to do something good, we have to ask ourselves, let's, let's make a decision now. When I'm going to do it, what time, and when. Because mm-hmm. if not, I, you know, the world is, people run around full of good intention. They never accomplish anything good. And they think that just having good intention is good enough. Oh, but I wanted it. I was about, I, 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 my intention was to save you, but you wanted it. The, the people think that the world is counted. Is that God, measure, God doesn't measure intentions. That's all nice and fine. And only then you can say, to me, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. When you make a decision, how to make sure it's not going to happen to you. Thank you. <laughs>